0: Welcome to Darkness to Nightmare.
1: This is a mini miniseries that will take a look at monsters and what they have to say about humanity.
0: We are Alan and M. And welcome to Darkness to Light. This is the seventh and final of our October minisodes, which we are calling Darkness to Nightmare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay, this has been something of a marathon for the two of us. I know that other podcasters, insane podcasters, can do... Two episodes a week, regularly, seven episodes in seven days. I'm looking
0: at you, Ben Avery.
1: We are not those podcasters.
0: So for us, seven episodes in three
1: weeks? We're exhausted. (laughs) And we'll talk about this more next episode, because it's going to be our feedback and follow-up episode, Mm -hmm. but we've been really busy this month. Yes. So the fact that we have been able to get together five separate times to record and edit episodes is shocking.
0: (laughs) I'm getting a little too old to pat myself on the back, so if I just pat you on the back...
1: And I'll pat you on the back. Perfect.
0: (laughs) Win-win. So this time around, in our ultimate episode, we're going to talk about that most monstrous of spiritual entities. Angels.
1: Now, some of the monsters on this list, I had to convince you, needed to be on here. Angels was not even a discussion. No, no. I think a lot of people who are maybe not as steeped in the nerdery of the Bible as the two of us (laughs) and probably most of our (laughs) listeners are. They think of, oh, yeah, your guardian angels. And then there's there's angels all around you who are going to take care of you. And then we're like,
0: well, they might take care of you. But it ain't the taking care of you the way you think of taking care of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Angels aren't warm, fuzzy babies with wings. That is some bad fan art. That is some bad fanning that you and I are going to take a moment and we're just going to be like, you know what? No, no. Angels have gotten a pass for too long in this fandom. We're going back to the source.
0: Because sometimes you look at your Renaissance portrait and there's some empty space. In the corners or on the sides. And you want to fill a little bit of that up. Oh, little cute little cherub. We'll put a little angel over here. That'll fill up all the negative space. Perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Except.
1: Except that there is a reason every time an angel shows up in the Bible. The literal first words out of its mouth are, fear not.
0: Yes. Now remember, in the last book of the Bible, what's that called, Em? Uh Revelation. But I thought it was Revelations. That's what every TV show and movie calls it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the book of Revelation. Remember that the tribulation that comes upon the earth.
1: However you may interpret mm-hmm. or theorize. Yes.
0: But that is poured out or brought about by angels. Not even demons. Their negative counterpart, but actually by angels.
1: Okay, hear me out. Oh, no. I think demons get a little bit of a bad rap.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: It's not the fall that makes demons scary.
2: Mm.
1: It's the fact that demons are angels yeah. that makes them scary.
0: mm mm-hmm that's reasonable
1: it's been it's been a long propaganda campaign in order to make people comfortable with angels and it's time that we took them to task for it
0: we mentioned last episode as we were starting to talk about Nephilim that angels in pop culture that three decades or so ago had kind of a renaissance and became, of pop culture characters.
1: Mm-hmm. You're we touched s- by an angel. You're angels in the outfield.
0: We see them on TV shows and movies all the time. There are long series of urban fantasy novels, some of which are romances, some of which are not, starring angels. And that's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, because if there is a single spiritual creature that is the most monstrous, It has to be the angel. Everything else is, oh, it's a lion, but on fire. Or it's a snake, but big. An angel is incomprehensible.
0: To me, the the fundamental aspect about an angelic visitation is an intersection of two completely different realms. Two completely different dimensions or natures of being. Forms of existence. Yeah, however you want to say that. There is that classic science fiction story, Flatland, which is from the late 19th century, actually. Again, it is literally part science fiction story, part mathematical treatise. But the gist of it is two-dimensional beings who are visited by a three-dimensional being and have no context for that interaction, no way to understand what's happening. I think that the mind-blowingness of that Of a two-dimensional being witnessing a three-dimensional object. That's the sort of mindset that you have to have if we are, like, really, going to think about angels in our dimension.
1: Exactly. It it is a thing that should not exist.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Seeing an angel is an expression of something that is outside. The physical laws of reality. It's something that you might even consider non-Euclidean. Mm-hmm. If the 90s and like the late 80s was all about the kind, caring, nice angels, the last decade or so has sort of been giving us a counterpoint, mm-hmm. which I think in its own way goes a little bit more back to the roots right. of angels as monsters, the eldritch angels Mm -hmm. of this sort of push either in urban fantasy or in sort of surreal art to try and go back to the real Mm -hmm. descriptions of angels and attempting to express that unknowability it really does take that sort of Lovecraftian Mm -hmm. bending of your mind attempting to understand a thing in front of you that breaks not just every law of physics but every Comprehension that you have about how the world works, Mm -hmm. that there's something that is wrong.
0: I do think that if there are angelic visitations, that in a similar way that Moses was only able to see a little bit of God's glory, I think that angels do similar. Maybe the scale is slightly different. Mm -hmm. My theory is that on the rare occasions, where these things can happen, that there's something about angels being able to only hold like that humanoid-ish shape for a small period of time, which may explain why angelic visitations tend to be brief. Mm -hmm. Also wanted to point out, this is one of the many, I know some of my evangelical friends get a little nervous when I start talking like this, but this is one of the awesome things about the Blessed Mother.
1: hmm The scarier the angel is, the more <laughs> badass Mary is for looking them dead in the eye for like two and a half minutes.
0: And saying, okay, let's do this. That's pretty bold. That's pretty brave. Props to Mary.
1: So talking about those actual descriptions of angels, they get pretty zany and mm-hmm. as a result people have tried to sort of classify and stratify the way that angels work or exist or relate to one another
0: so what you're saying is when i do the blog post for this episode mm-hmm. it should say nine amazing things about angels you won't believe number six is gonna blow your mind
1: <laughs> well maybe maybe <laughs> People have been obsessed with trying to make angels make sense for a really, really long time. And there are whole facets of Jewish and Catholic and even a little bit of Protestant theology all about angelology Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out, well, what are the courts of the angels or the rankings of the angels? What's the difference between an angel and an archangel? Mm -hmm. Most of the visitations happen by an angel with one of a couple of names. It's basically always Michael or Gabriel. If you're a Protestant, those Mm are the only two. If you're a Catholic or some veins of Christian orthodoxy, you might also add Raphael. Or if you are Jewish, Uriel. So maximum we've got four. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, largely on the internet, some of them Christian, some of them New Age or Pagan, Mm -hmm. like to Theorize and talk about the archangels and what the archangels are and how these four archangels sort of interact with reality. What was their role in creation? What was their role in all sorts of different like biblical events? You know, how involved were they directly in mm-hmm. making sure that Jesus was born? Or, you know, again, this is where you can easily veer off into those like Nephilim. Mm -hmm. stories, and...
0: Uh, Conspiracies!
1: That, yes. I'm not particularly interested, Mm -hmm. because I think that anything that makes the angels make more sense makes them less interesting.
0: As you pointed out, part of this enhanced popularity of angels in the last quarter century or so did come from what would broadly call the New Age movement. And I think in a lot of ways, some of the, the cuddly friendliness came from there. So you had sort of both of these aspects of it, and certainly from Christianity has guardian angels and cherubs and other things as well. But I think, I think it was those aspects of angels that were latched on, and that's the aspect that became popular. Yeah. Which is why this episode is so sorely needed.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Long overdue.
0: Hashtag keep Christianity weird.
1: So in that ranking, you get mm-hmm. all sorts of different types mm-hmm. of angels. You get seraphim and cherubim and which verses mm-hmm. refer to which ones right. and, and which, which ones are actually descriptions of different types. There are warrior angels and the actual word for angel in Hebrew means messenger.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sort
1: of like shield bearer or banner carrier. Mm-hmm. That you, you sort of go before God in order to either bring a message or an event or, or something like that. That they are his agents mm-hmm. in a certain sense. So they, they fulfill all sorts of different roles. If you went down the Nephilim YouTube tunnel.
0: You went down Angelology? I went,
1: I went down the Angelology Wikipedia hole. Oh, no. And there's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. A major theory is that Angel, just Angel, Mm -hmm. is actually very low on the metaphorical totem pole of Mm, spiritual being. Yeah, of the of the like the heavenly court.
0: Mm, Right.
1: That you have guardian angel being like the lowest of the low, and then your standard sort of messenger angel is somewhere in the middle. And as you go higher and higher up that totem pole, the angels do get weirder and weirder. This is one area in which I am on board Mm -hmm. with this theory is that your guardian angel down at the very bottom of that totem pole is your, you know, just a a nice person with wings who sort of takes care of you and shows up in your dreams. Somewhere between brownie and sprite? Something on roughly that level or a friendly ghost perhaps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then as you go up the rank eventually you get to angels and these are where you get your golden figures with six wings flying with two and covering their face with two. You're, you're like, okay, okay, getting a little more abstract, a little bit weirder. As you go further up, you eventually get to cherubim.
0: Cherubim are the first, I think, category of angels mentioned in the Bible. We go back to the home of biblical weirdness, Genesis, Genesis 3. <laughs> this is Genesis 3.24. He drove them out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword. That turned every way to guard the way to the Tree of Life. And it's these type of flame-bearing...
1: Warrior angels. You shall
0: not pass angels. That are later carved into a particular box that geeks may know a little bit about. The Ark of the Covenant.
1: From Cherubim, you can actually go up to Seraphim. So imagine a sphinx... But it has four heads, and they are all different animals, and its tail is a sword, and it is on fire. And then...
0: Wait a minute, there's a then?
1: You still go up from there into what are essentially just the guard of God. The beings which are able to exist closest to the divine. They are the quote-unquote physically closest. They Mm -hmm. are the... Handmaids, the attendants of the presence of God. And they are also the most metaphysically trippy of the angels.
0: Now, if the Bible starts with weirdness, it certainly ends with weirdness as well. From the aforementioned Revelation 4, 7, and 8, and around the throne are four living creatures. Let's just the stop there just for a second, okay?
1: <laughs> the most specific that you can get, they are alive and they are creatures.
0: Other than that, they appear to be literally indescribable. John, who did a pretty good job describing lots of other wacky things that he saw, had no words for this one other than they're like living Things
1: they exist and have life, each of them having six wings, are full of eyes all around and within.
0: Let me stop you just there for one second.
1: Another one second.
0: What is an eye within?
1: Yeah, this implies that these things are maybe five, six, seven dimensional beings and do in fact contain axes of existence which we do not even have physics for. You can go pretty zany out there with your string theories and with your dark matter and with your you know, wormhole dimension, uh, you know, fractal visualizations. We have no math for this.
0: Let's give St. John some credit. At least he tried. He could have pulled a Lovecraft and said, I don't know. They kind of drove me crazy. (laughs) But he tried.
1: He tried. and the
0: language that he had, he tried. What is an I within?
1: Yeah. Okay. I I got nothing. I got nothing. In addition to angels specifically being named as one of the major spiritual forces of the universe, there are some vague references to other things. And although angels are probably the spiritual being that gets the most real estate in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that there are Mm -hmm. a lot of angel stories, that there are angels appearing to the prophets, or Mm -hmm. angels bringing messages, or angels bringing warnings, or angels bringing destruction— In the New Testament, there are some pretty big visitations, but the focus is Mm -hmm. on the incarnation by that point. Mm -hmm. The exception is Ephesians, where we get several verses that mention by name the powers and principalities, the forces of darkness in the world, the spiritual wickedness in the high places, which seems to imply that angels are not the only thing out there. And the way that most people sort of explain this in Protestant Mm -hmm. theological circles, also some Pentecostal theological strains, is, well, what it's talking about is the two types of wickedness, physical wickedness, when it says rulers, they mean like physical rulers, Mm -hmm. political forces, military forces, things like that, the principalities and powers of the heavenly places and the spiritual wickedness in the high places while they're talking about demons. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Carte blanche. They're either talking about physical tyrants or they're talking about Satan. End of story. Gotcha, right. That doesn't really click with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, we talked about Nephilim last episode and about how crazy people's theories can get. I would like to fully acknowledge that what I am going to say is crazy. This is my chance to put on my tinfoil hat Yes. And talk about something that I mentioned very briefly. Some people who listened to the episode might not think it was brief, but trust me, it was, because you're going to now get the unabridged version here. My thing theory. The last time that we talked about this was in our Spiritual Headcanons episode, which Mm -hmm. this series is essentially just one big extension of.
0: (laughs) With some narrow focuses in, in each episode, yes.
1: And for the most part, we've kind of tried to keep our own personal opinions out of it, that this was more mm-hmm. of a comparative religion sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So we did last episode, just as an excuse to get that weirdness thing started to prime the pump, so that you could give thing theory.
1: Sort of a second a second <laughs> whirl. I fully acknowledge it's crazy, and I fully acknowledge that it is not necessarily super theologically sound. However... I hope that between last episode and this episode, we've set some decent groundwork for saying that any time you deal with something weird from the Bible, there isn't very much theological solid ground because the actual textual stuff is pretty vague and then no one wants to talk about it. So I don't exactly have a long tradition here that I am completely gonna just heresy out entirely on.
0: One of the things I like about this episode is instead of saying, wow, look how weird the Old Testament is, we get to say, look how weird the New Testament is also. For example, in the teeny tiny book of Jude, there is a verse that I think is the equivalent of the Nephilim story, which is to say, let's just skip over this, not preach about it, Hope nobody notices that it's even there. Let's just rush to the end of Jude and the doxology and sing that and we're all happy. Let's forget about Jude 9, for example. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to contemn him for slander, blah, blah, blah. This phrase is said as if it's common knowledge and everyone knows what Jude is talking about. When the archangel Michael was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses. What?
1: So many more questions are raised by this verse.
0: I'm just saying.
1: Why was Michael involved? Why did the devil want the body? What? Whose arm was it?
0: What? what exactly was the dispute about? Was I... So many questions. So many questions.
1: Zero answers.
0: So what I'm saying to listeners and to M, when you talk about angels, almost anything's on the table because the Bible gives us, puts some weird things on the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's some, we talked in the episode about spiritual head cannons, about the guardrails of orthodoxy and sort of how far out you can sort of wander mm-hmm. into the weeds before you're wandering into what I would consider heterodoxy and then maybe eventually heresy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's the thing. There are no guardrails on <laughs> angels. It's Just go for it. It is a wide open field. No rules. I said it before. If we were playing Calvin Ball up until this point, <laughs> even those rules mean nothing.
0: So, Em, what do you think about angels?
1: When I talked some about my thing theory, I left it pretty vague because there was going to have to be a lot of groundwork set before I could talk about it in anything resembling more detail. And I think now we've given a pretty good summary of the points I would need to hit to set this up. (laughs) So, personally, do I believe in ghosts? sort of but not really
2: Mm -hmm.
1: do i believe in fairies even less sort of not really but maybe a little bit do i believe in demons no do i believe in angels yes now how can you separate Mm -hmm. those two things and say yes to one and no to the other. I view the way that angels function in the world very differently than Mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think. Most people either believe angels sort of exist vaguely, but they're just like floating around doing whatever and you don't really have to worry about them. The way a 5th century Celt would think about fairies.
0: Right, okay.
1: A lot of... My feelings about angels comes to my perception of the fall of Lucifer. Mm. Hey, good on us. We've gone half an hour <laughs> without mentioning Satan in the angel episode. <laughs> the fall of Lucifer is a really interesting theological point because it brings up some questions about what angels are and mm-hmm. aren't, and what humans are and aren't. Mm-hmm. Some people, usually, again, sort of New Age and some pagan groups, when they are sort of creating their own theology and cosmology, like to use sections of some of these weirder aspects of Christian cosmology um, and and borrow some of those (laughs) or include some of those a little bit. Which means that a lot of New Age people believe in angels and demons, and there are, of course, like, groups like the church of satan mm-hmm. who just take that figure whole cloth from christianity mm-hmm. but then re- reinterpret re- and reinterpret tell the, story the story in a different way i think that the question of the fall of lucifer really is a question of pride and i think people get that a little bit twisted because they assume that angels have free will when i think about the angels the heavenly host I do not think of a bunch of people sitting around in a room. Mm -hmm. It's not Congress and it's not a medieval court. It is, if anything, the cube continuum.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That the angels exist more as a existence than as a group of beings. The heavenly host is a singular.
2: Mm. Not
1: to get too hyper-linguistic about Mm -hmm. this, but in my mind, the Heavenly Host is essentially a unified experience.
0: We were talking about this beforehand, and I used the phrase hive mind, which you didn't quite like.
1: No, because even that implies individuals working together for Mm. a common cause or with a common purpose.
0: Either choosing or instinctually following a lead or okay
1: because if you take a bee
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you put it on its own it can make its own decisions and it can take care of itself gotcha okay it has its own sense of self in my mind angels have zero sense of self which is why i think that the archangels are interesting i have no interest in their theological existence Mm -hmm. because in my mind that is a face to put on in order to interact with a human being Mm -hmm. I've been posting a lot of work from an artist named Taylor Long, who is a super crazy, fantastic artist and has some really interesting theology that she works through in in her work. And for the month of October has been doing instead of Inktober, Angeltober.
2: Ah,
0: nice.
1: And she did a comic, which I believe the title of which is Visitation. Uh, There's a series of five. and I believe Visitation is the one about an angel's perception of humanity. And it's very good. It's very alien. Mm -hmm. And I really, really dig it. A major aspect of it is angels not understanding, not just bodily existence, individual existence, that within a human is a complete contained universe. Unlike humans, I believe that angels share an aspect of divinity that we just entirely lack and that is the somehow multiplanar infinite manner in which god is simultaneously three and one mm. that all of the angels exist in that aspect in the one
0: plural yet one
1: the plur- the plural one
0: but on this side of the veil is is that contradiction
1: the reason that it is a contradiction Is because God contains more than that. Mm -hmm. God contains all. And the angels contain oneness. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So the hubris of Lucifer. And not only the hubris but the folly Mm -hmm. of Lucifer. Is attempting to exist the way that a human does. And it is a thing that Lucifer... As the heavenly host in that oneness mm, mm-hmm. completely lacks. Mm-hmm. Angels don't have the ability to be alone. They don't have it. Mm. They they have no concept right. of loneliness because within right. themselves they are multiple and then they exist continually in the presence of God. They are known yeah, thoroughly right. and entirely within themselves and within god mm. they are they are completely unified and never alone which is what does make the fall of lucifer tragic is that what he wants is free will but he has no concept to understand loneliness and that when he severs himself not just from god but from the rest of himself. He Mm. is lonely for the first time in his life, and that is why he drags others with him. Wow. Is because he wants communion. That is the great tragedy of Lucifer, is that he wants communion, a thing that eventually humans would be able to be part of. Mm -hmm. That eventually, humans will get communion. Humans will get redemption. After the fall, there will be the reunion. But Lucifer can only fall. He does not have the ability to rise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This goes into my theory on demons, then, is that as far as fallen angels, I think there's like five. <laughs> and I'm actually way more down, theologically, with the idea of demons having names. Because that because is... Because of this
0: individuality. That is their to
1: sin. Mm-hmm. That is their sin. That is their thing that separates them from God, is individuality. And that is a sort of, not just moral, but a metaphysical blasphemy.
0: In the Silmarillion, Tolkien's version of the creation of the world includes the angelic equivalents, singing the world into existence. At some point in that singing, Melchior... Begins singing a solo. And that is the first bit of fall. Pulling oneself out of the heavenly choir to do something singular, unique, and individual.
1: Mm -hmm. Which, I think, is why people feel sympathetic to Lucifer and Mm -hmm. to the fall. Mm -hmm. It's a story that we understand. Right. Because... Individuality is our nature. Individuality is something that should be praised. Individuality Mm -hmm. is a wonderful, incredible gift that humanity has. But it's like humans attempting to become angels. This is Babel in reverse. Oh, wow. This is humans trying to become a great choir, trying to become some unified, powerful, incredible force that from there can rule down on the world is wrong. That's a sin. For an angel to become like a human is also a sin. Not because that's a bad thing, but because it is not for you. You do not have the comprehension to exist on that plane. You will separate yourself from the place you are supposed to be and cast yourself into a place that you metaphysically do not belong.
0: And as crazy as you think you may have just been, there is something to it, even in 1 Peter 1.12, talks about the preaching of the gospel and the Holy Spirit coming. And then it says, even angels long to look into these things. And there is this notion that angels can't comprehend the cross, the, the the need of that, sin, fallenness, reconciliation, the relationship that humans can have with the divine is something completely incomprehensible to them. Mm-hmm. They are incomprehensible to us. <laughs> that we can sort of understand, but this idea that we are incomprehensible to them. I think is sort of a surprise when you think about it.
1: It's one of my favorite verses. I love First Peter one twelve.
0: Because it's like we assume that they're above us, meaning that they have everything we have and then stuff added. But when you throw in the, these concepts of inner dimensionality and different planes and different existences, it's not just that they're more than us; they are radically different. From us. That lack of comprehension can go both ways.
1: I'm going to purposely simplify things for the case of this sort of explanation here, Mm -hmm. but humans were four dimensional creatures. We Mm -hmm. exist in three dimensions plus time. time. Mm -hmm. Angels are also four dimensional creatures, they exist in three dimensions and eternity. Mm. God exists in Five dimensions (laughs) somehow existing within time and And outside outside of time. Angels exist only outside of time and we exist only within time. And I think that is what makes the gospel, the incarnation, the fall, the reconciliation, everything so incomprehensible to angels is because it's like someone hitting every key on a piano at the same time. Mm. It's just it's just a big thing of noise. From our side, it's a concerto played one note at a time (laughs) over centuries. Mm. So Lucifer looks from his side and says, I don't understand that, but I want to know. And God says, trust me, it'll all work out in the end. And he says, no. It is a five-dimensional concert. And only from the outside... Of both, will it make any sense?
0: So Lucifer's fall was based on desiring of knowledge. Adam's fall was based on desiring some knowledge. Interesting. I have a theory. I call mine the third force.
1: Oh, we did mention this in that same episode, didn't we? Carry on. And
0: this has to do with... The power of beings on this side. Not uncommon, Pentecostal friends especially, but other aspects of Christianity that see the world as a battle between the two forces.
2: Good
1: Forces
0: evil. of good, forces of evil, angels and demons.
1: God and Satan, for example.
0: But I think that the main force of things on this side... Of existence, not to discount either of those, mm-hmm. is humanity. That as the third force, we are the ones that have the biggest role to play. We're Arminians, not Calvinists. Exactly. This would be a major distinction within that debate. The role of, of humans in free will and choice, etc. Et so in some way, your downplaying of some aspects of demons and the power they have. I can see
1: that. Yeah. And I've talked mostly about angels because that is the theme Mm -hmm. of this episode. But when I talked about thing theory, I did talk about a third force. The way that I interpret, for example, those verses in Ephesians that I mentioned about the powers and principalities. Mm -hmm. Because I said, angels, I think... Interact pretty infrequently
2: mm-hmm. with
1: humanity, that's where you get the prophets. That's where you get visions and sort
0: miracles of miracles and
1: annunciation mm-hmm. and things like that. But angels get involved for the really big things. Mm-hmm. We've talked before about our feelings towards saints.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: think that saints get more involved than the angels, but again mm-hmm. in in small right. minor ways, mm-hmm. I said. As far as demons, seriously, I am not above giving a number five. (laughs) Literally, five. (laughs) The way that I think about bad things happening is, like you said, it's mostly humans and chaos. One of the Mm. two. It's either somebody doing something bad to you Mm -hmm. or to the world or in general because they can. Mm -hmm. Or it's Just plain bad luck. It just happened for no reason. For no real point, it just happened. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, Pentecostals in particular, because of that sort of black and white, Mm -hmm. strict dichotomy, attribute every bad thing that happens to demons. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense to me. I agree. Demons have no interest in slashing your tires. Mm -hmm. Now. I said I sort of maybe kind of a little bit believe in ghosts, maybe kind of tiny bit a little bit, maybe a tiny bit a little bit. I don't think that either of those in a systematic theology are true. Mm -hmm. Like in big capital T with the quotes around it, true. But I do believe that there are other spiritual Mm. forces. And this was the big thing that I talked about in thing theory the Mm -hmm. last time. Mm -hmm. I think that those things, the... Powers, principalities, forces, all of that stuff is more like karma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That I feel like there are other spiritual energies or forces
0: sowing and reaping. Exactly. Processes and aspects of the way that things happen sometimes.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: a cause and effect, may not be.
1: And might have a, a, a little slightly a, a little sliver. Of sentience or Mm -hmm. malevolence, like a little bit, but not the same level of Mm self-awareness as an angel or free will as a human, the spiritual equivalent of animals or bacteria. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I talked about a show, Mushishi, in our fairy Mm -hmm. episode, Mm -hmm. and I love that show, Largely in part because it's one of the few shows that I've seen that handles something that reminds me of Thing Theory. Mm -hmm. That it's forces, but it's like bacteria. Like, they're alive, kind of, but they're not sentient. They're not doing it to be evil or mean. They're just a byproduct of existence Mm -hmm. that is just sort of out Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Like, when you have a fight with someone and you can just feel a cloud maybe that's something but it's not a demon of anger that's literally sitting on your shoulder making you say mean things to a person you love
0: can we say spiritual gravity yeah a force that's just there
1: spiritual gravity spiritual entropy or dark matter (laughs) or something like it's just it is just a force that exists as part of the supernatural natural order of things it's just part of existence and I don't even think of it as like a post-fall thing. A lot of people, mm. again, especially Pentecostals, I, am, I, I promise I am not going after Pentecostals in any way, shape, or form. It's just that is the type of theology that, that we're, I,
0: specifically I, I, we're talking about that, in this episode, for and, one thing. And
1: that I'm most familiar yes, with as right. far as direct malevolence right. from the universe. I think a lot of things get blamed on the fall. Mm, just like mm-hmm. why does this bad thing happen? Oh, it's the fall. Why does this bad thing happen? Oh, it's the fall. I don't think that the fall fundamentally metaphysically changed the physical world the mm. way that I think some people think right. that it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I f- actually feel that way towards things like spiritual gravity. Mm. That it's 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 not a byproduct of the fall. It's just An aspect of existence. Mm -hmm. So you're saying
0: it's the Nephilim.
1: (laughs) I did not say that.
0: Oh, that's what I heard.
1: It shows up enough in religion. And not just religion, but like non-religious spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and folk religion and shamanism. And things like the idea of metaphysical reactions based on physical actions is everywhere. Sure. So much so that it does strike me as this is clearly a natural outpouring of the human mind. Mm -hmm. To what degree is it really true, we will literally never know. But I am comfortable in my theology making room for a kind of weird freaky thing that literally every other human experience has had. Yeah. Even if you've not had a ghost experience or you know, seen a fairy or you deja know deja vu. Deja vu. Everyone's had some kind of weird experience. You've mm-hmm. gone into a graveyard and felt weirdly at peace. Or you've gone to a an old battlefield
2: mm-hmm. and just
1: felt the wrongness. Mm-hmm. Lots of people died here or terrible things happened. One of these days, when we go back to Germany, I want to go mm. back to some Holocaust memorials. Because mm-hmm. we did not do that the first time because no. we were like, we are going to have a good time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right.
1: But I think it's an I- mm. important experience yes. to have. Mm-hmm. And I have I have heard stories of mm-hmm. people going to Auschwitz. And they said the second you walked through the gate, you, you could feel it. it. Different. Yep. You could feel it mm-hmm. because you knew... That things that were not just wrong, but evil. With
0: a capital E-V-I-L.
1: There was not just hurt, but there was blasphemy. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it in the physical stones. That experience needs to be accounted for. Mm-hmm. And even the most logical, skeptical, anything, pure mechanistic pure, naturalism. Pure mechanistic natural humanists... Even they will say, but I have felt it. (laughs) However you want to rationalize it, you felt it.
0: Since you were able to talk for a while about thing theory, which you'd mentioned before, I've mentioned kingdom theology before. I want to give a very brief explanation here because it, it ties in. The idea of kingdom or kingdom of God theology, as taught by George Ladd, and then brought to more prominence through John Wimber of the Vineyard Movement. Theologians would refer to it as inaugurated eschatology. The idea is when Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God began. Eventually, at the end of all things, it will be here in fullness. We are living currently in, as some folks may be familiar with this phrase, the now and the not yet.
1: The at, both and.
0: The both and. The kingdom is here, but it's not here. And the idea is that at times we can catch glimpses of that future, of what's going to be the kingdom of God. Very rarely breaks through, whether that's a physical healing or a deliverance or personal racial reconciliation, gender equality, or Many types of justice, Mm -hmm. these things that we know are coming in the future.
1: And as you and I, Mm -hmm. though not all Protestant or Mm -hmm. at least non-Catholic people would say, saintly intervention.
0: Exactly. For example. Perhaps the very rare angelic visitation, the very rare miracle. Under this theology, there's room for those things to happen occasionally. Mm -hmm. And I like that. We talked about glorified bodies, whatever the heck that means. The version of it this side might be a brief moment of physical healing. You're not healed forever because you'll die eventually. <laughs> Every tribe and tongue and nation. So, racial reconciliation, multicultural expressions, those are part of the kingdom also. Miracles are part of the kingdom. And we occasionally, sometimes, sadly rarely, catch glimpses of them here. And I think to some extent an angelic type of visitation might fit under that as well, that we occasionally and rarely can see those. But they are glimpses of the future to come.
1: And there you have it. darkness to Nightmare. This was a really, really fun experience. We got to talk about a lot of weird, crazy creatures. We got to talk about weird, crazy theology, and we got to get kind of personal there at the end. I hope that everybody enjoyed listening to it. We've already gotten a lot of really good feedback from people saying either the really well-researched and <laughs> insightful, which <laughs> let me just say, not true.
0: We're... Or, or crazy. True.
1: Let me be real for a second here. We only gave ourselves about... A day and a half of research yep. per episode. So if we got stuff wrong, do not feel bad about writing <laughs> in to correct us. because Please do. uh We we did this very, very quickly.
0: Please send us your thoughts, your opinions, your examples of pop culture elements. We didn't really get to that in this particular episode. But talk about where angels or genies or various other things we've talked about... Talk about your unpublished novel manuscripts that may touch on some of these issues as well. We've gotten a few of those feedbacks. Thank you for indulging us.
1: We cannot express our gratitude because this one worried me. Because this was going to be a complete vanity project. Not that all podcasts aren't a vanity project, but I was legitimately kind of scared that people would not listen to this one (laughs) so thank you all very much for your kind words and your insightful comments
0: and next episode we will do the feedback and follow-up episode which will be a lot of oh how could we have forgot to mention that in the vampire episode or the angel episode or the why did we not talk about guys you missed
1: I literally have a longer how-could-I-forget-this-document than I have notes for any episode of this at all.
0: And finally, for the first time in, like, seven episodes, let's say, may the Force be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: While you're waiting for the next podcast episode, check out our websites. dorknesstolight.blogspot.com contains reviews, essays, and other similar ramblings.
1: And dorkdistolight.tumblr.com, which contains some of that material, as well as top tens, cool photographs, memes, and religious puns. We also run a general interest comic book podcast network, Relatively Geeky. That content can be found at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com.
0: Let us know what you think of this topic, this episode, or this podcast in general feel free to send your thoughts to us at dorkness to light at gmail.com we would also appreciate any ratings or reviews left for the podcast in the itunes store to help like-minded people find us
1: our intro outro and promo music is by anderson kale check them out at andersonKale.com or search itunes to purchase their music
0: thanks for listening